Every time. Every time, really, because. Because it's if it's true, you are what you're looking for. There's not going to be much looking for involved. Yeah. <laughs> if you are what you're looking for, it's going to sort of cut out the looking for. Basically, <laughs> you're looking for can serve you by failing which it will do, and then you'll be left, you know, just as everything's been. But, um, so, this whole presentation for the new folks comes about because there's usually, most people are somewhat in a level of irritability, restlessness, and discontent, and they can't seem to get out of it, at least in a stabilized manner. And, uh, it seems to be focused in the thought system, basically the GPS, whatever, K-Paul, there's a lot of different ways of calling it something. But it's a foreign installment, or I see it as a parasitical movement. So the thought system pictures us as a body. That's what it does. So when you're thought about, when the, when the mind, the small mind, is sort of entertaining thoughts, it pictures itself as a body. Yeah. So, so it can't really produce an effect now, so it has to produce an effect in imaginary places now called past and future. So it, it, people think, think if you think about yourself in the past, that's remembering, but thinking about yourself in the future is remembering also. You're remembering self. So you're remembering... Uh, you as a body. So the thought system, if there's any confidence or faith in the thought system, it's pretty much a given. You're going to have a sense of being a body. Yeah? And so when you hear the message, like, you're not a body, you'll hear it as a body. Yeah? It's like the old the idea with a clone, hearing the news that it's a clone. It's already a clone. What's really, it's not much news. Yeah? But if the clone, like there's a movie, Moon, I liked. And so they found, the companies found that if they had the clones think they were people, they worked harder or they were, you know, they were more excited about what was going on. So they programmed the whole history. And so the clone thought he was like a Red Sox fan and he had a wife. He never sees the wife. He's always video, uh, radioing to Earth and then someone's talking to him. But he assumes it's his wife. So there's a lot of assumption. And then one day he's faced with indisputable evidence that he's a clone. And that would be the end of it, yeah? So, but the thing is, the, the message of being a clone is re- was received and is received by the, the human programming. So, being a clone, as a clone, yeah, probably would go pretty well. But being a clone as a human may not go too well, because you think, fuck, I don't want to be a clone, and da 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 yeah? <laughs> so, but the fact is, you're a clone. But, and you hear that, it should be pretty easy. You're a clone, okay. You know, it should be a pretty quick agreement, because you really feel, you know, like a clone, because you're a clone. But if the human programming catches it first, which is very fast, 
it will now neuter the message that could really be quite liberating to a clone to find out it's a clone and not a human, you know. So, because it's suffering the pangs of missing his wife and the Red Sox lost again and stuff like that. So there's a lot of angst in its life. So it'd be like, shit, yeah. But the human programming so fast, the message of being clone gets caught by the programming. And then the same, the message, which is very clear, gets totally made into what it seems to be by what catches it, yeah? Now, this is what some people have found out in the annals of spirituality. And a lot of the great spiritual stuff, if you want to call it stuff, spiritual stuff, is warnings, really. They're just warnings. It's attempting to tell you, like, a Hawaiian Poe is a great warning. You know, he gave a lot of warnings. One of them was, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. So... A lot of pieces on the game board just get taken off. <laughs> it's just like checkmate has already happened. The game's over before it even began. Because whatever can be perceiving, I'm perceiving bodies, and therefore he says, therefore the body can't be perceiving. Yet that's our whole story: is that we're a body and we're perceiving. So he just cut us, cut it like that, and then he goes. Furthermore, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. So you can't use Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yeah, be why? Because it's the Buddha. You know? if, if you were aware of the Buddhahood, why would you be seeking for itself, for yourself? You'd, be, you'd just be being yourself. Yeah? So if there's a hunt searching for the Buddha, it's a pretty good indication that there must be an identification as something that you're not, you know? Or at least something different than the Buddha, because it would make no sense for the Buddha to seek the Buddha if it is the Buddha. Yeah. So, and he goes, if you you can't use light to seek light, and you can't use the big M mind to seek mind, you can do it for eons, and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Why? Because the Buddha isn't a goal or an achievement or something to acquire. It's the inherent state, and if the inherent state seemingly becomes identified as a temporal state, and then the conditions and the experiences of the temporal state start making it want to seek, search for relief, and then it searches for relief in the Buddha, and now it's going to be the Buddha seeking the Buddha. And the only thing that that could serve you is if it fails, because it inevitably will, because you are the Buddha. So, you can try as hard as you like, and you're going to get exhausted, and maybe something will stop, and it'll dawn on you, and it's not take doesn't take any time, because it's already so. And it takes no journey, because you're already there. So it doesn't even feel like it rushed in, because it was already, it does, it's already here. It had to, it's not going to, oh, it suddenly comes into the room and sits right next to you. That's, it doesn't do that. It doesn't happen that way. You realize what you're not, and then there's a whack, you know, hey. And it feels just like that. It's just a big pause. The whole storyline just goes, Erp! and of course it, it's sort of like, uh, you know, I was, once I lived in Florida, and I hadn't been, I'd never been in Florida, and you know, in New York we have cockroaches and stuff, but Florida have these cockroaches that are like, aircraft carriers, they're called palmetto bugs, and they can fly, 
very erratically for like 10 or 15 feet. They don't seem to have any navigational system. They're just flying around, hitting things. And you, you know? And they're big. They're huge. And so I rented a room, and the people were a nudist family. You know? But I could wear clothes, but no one wore any clothes. That, that's beside the point. So I had this room, and every night, you know, I'd go to sleep, and I'd hear something in the room, like... And then I, saw, then I saw one of them, and it's this big freaking bug. And then I started going towards it, and it started flying, it was hitting me, and then I saw another one. It was like the evil twins. And so, I used to put candles all around my futon to try to keep them at bay while I was with one eye open sleeping. And back then, they had these shoes called earth shoes that were really fucking heavy. And everyone who was into any spiritual practice had earth shoes. So, it was like about four pounds each. So, I had these earth shoes. I had her shoes, and I decided, all right, I'm going to wait tonight, and I'm going to kill these things, right? And I have, ba- I have paper bags to, to put it in and then just take it out. So I'm waiting, waiting, and they start making, they go into, they go over no man's land, the floor, and I go, I hit one, swish <coughs> it, like that, like a pancake. And then I take off the earth shoe, and it just goes, hurt, hurt. <laughs> it stops moving. It just scurries away. And then I moved out at the end of the month, because I just said, no mas, you have it. Because <laughs> I don't know where I was at, but I just wanted to throw that story in. What was I talking about? Uh, no one even knows. It could be selling you shoes. What? Oh, the clothes. No, no, not the clothes. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But, so, these warnings, like the seeker is the sort, all these cryptic statements are trying to save you a lot of time and trouble. Because the solution doesn't take any time. If there's any way to go about it, it's basically negating what you're taking to be you. That's all that's necessary. Because there's an assumption that you're the starting point as this action figure. And as long as that's in place, it's going to affect everything that comes after it. It's going to be like a shadow that's going to follow you every place you go as a body. And this is what Ramana says very succinctly in a a number of his writings, not his writings, but the writings about him. And he says it this one way I really like, which is the presupposing of a non-existent thing, wanting to get salvation for the non-existent thing. So just hear it. That should stop you right there. Eh? Non-existent thing. Oh, I, I get an idea what that means. It means it's just nothing. Yeah. So a non-existent thing, there's a presupposing of it. So... In other words, there can't be a non-existent thing. There can be a thing, but there can't be a, a, you know, a non you know what I mean? It's non-existent. So there's a presupposing. So what's presupposing this non-existent thing being so important that it's existing, at least to what's entertaining it, and then that becomes the basis of all your searching for salvation, or a sandwich, or a pair of pants, you know, or a you know, a pay raise, whatever it may be that you're searching, it will always be for the non-existent thing. You don't need any more. I mean, just let it hit you. 
there's a presupposing. So pre means before. Supposing is like an assumption. You know, I assume it's going to be sunny tomorrow. I have no facts, but I assume it, so I wear shorts and a tank top, and it's freezing and it rains. So I'm like, well, I can't fucking believe it. It's raining. But it, the, the, the weather report said it was going to rain. I just assumed for some reason that it was going to be sunny. So it like, seems like a huge surprise, but it's basically no one said it was going to be sunny except for me. Yeah. So the assumption, the assumption, it's an assumption. So it's a presupposing, which is beautiful, because the supposing implies that non-existent thing is before everything else. It goes, whoop! It makes a leap over consciousness. Whoop! It makes a leap over seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, which is the conscious contact. Whoop! And now it's you. Suddenly you become square zero in the game board when you're actually a product of the game board, so you're basically at square four. But if you, if you looked at a game board from square four, it would probably look a lot different, and it could mean a lot different than if you saw it from the first point, or the starting point. Yeah? If you actually were at the starting point, maybe the game would make more sense to you than starting to look at Monopoly from, like, Baltic Place, let's say. Yeah? Maybe you would see it clearer. I'm just, you know, just saying, I find it to be true. And that's the beauty of it. When this non-correction is corrected, you know, when it's... It, it informs you that it's always been this way. It's, therefore, it's never not been this way. So all the huffing and puffing, no matter how real it felt when you were manufacturing it, it suddenly seemed not to be real. To such a point that it was never real, and it will never will be real. So it's like the whole thing gets cut like that. Yeah. So the solution takes absolutely no time because everything it negates isn't so to begin with. Yeah. It hasn't. It never actually happened. So there's no need to get a removal company to remove it because it actually never happened. It just seemed to happen. Yeah? It's always happening, but nothing ever happened. The only happening is us. We're the, we, as the Course in Miracles would say, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That sort of informs you, puts you in a much different position than you think you're in. You see that you're giving everything all the meaning it has. In other words, they say it in uh, the new science, the neuroscience and everything, whatever is observed is distorted by the observation of it. That's the same thing, same statement really. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. So when you look and look at something, you've changed, you've made it into something. There's no way, there's no process you could practice that's going to get be prior to that. What you need to see is you're not that. You're not the one that's judging people. And so then you launch off on this giant course, I'm going to stop judging. Has it ever worked? Because you're not that which is judging. That's a judgment anyway. So you go, I'm going to stop judging. That's a judgment. Yeah. So you can't get out of it. 
You have to see you're not in it. That's the only escape. If you, if you give it an inch of credence, then you're going to have miles and miles of, of, of maps of how to get out of it. Yeah? Just one inch given, it will produce miles and miles of maps that you will study to see how I can escape from that. And you won't realize it's all of your own making. Every bit of it. Every bit of it is of your own making. Not as Paul. This is the vehicle it's using. But it's the dreaming. So, how do we seem to be bound so much to that which is being used to facilitate the bondage of self? Simply demonstrated by the word my. Thoughts are thoughts, but when they're yours, they have a whole different meaning. Feelings are feelings, but when they're yours, they freaking launch tons of stories. Yeah? Actions are actions, but when they're yours, you've been convicted for all the shit you thought you committed or omitted. Yeah? It's the mind. Now, where is that mind coming from? Who is, who, in a sense, is the activity of the mind if it's not us? Who is it? If we're believing one condition, then what our energy is used for is to instill meaning into everything the mental state claims by the bridge of mind. So now the thoughts, your thoughts could be driving you crazy, and as long as I see them as yours, they don't touch me. But the same thoughts, if I held them as my thoughts, they'd have the ability to drive me crazy. So can you say it's the thoughts? The thoughts are being used, but do the thoughts drive you crazy? They do not drive you crazy, because if they drove you crazy once, they drive you crazy every time. And that's not our experience. If you're feeling pretty good, you're not listening to the thoughts with that much intent. And you don't see that's why you're feeling so fucking good. <laughs> it's because you're not listening to the thoughts with intent. <laughs> if suddenly you start getting intensely thinking about why you're feeling good there goes the feeling good now it's a fucking story an experience you once had which is going to be used to beat the shit out of yourself because it seems to have gone and from self-centeredness you can only see I must have fucking did something to blow it once again <laughs> You're the donkey, and you're the tail that gets pinned on it all day. <laughs> Try to get out of it as it. Give me a break. That's why the solution takes no time, because there's never been not a solution. All the huffing and puffing hasn't changed the damn thing, except our seeming condition. And never, the fact is a fact. Just like if you're in recovery. If you're in recovery, there's two facts. Before and after you're sober. Before you're sober, you're a palace over alcohol and drugs. And you're not managerial quality. Yeah? After you're sober, you're a palace over alcohol and drugs, and you're not managerial quality. Before you're sober, you're in a disagreement with that, and look at what happens. <laughs> After you get sober, you get aligned with those facts, and then things can go swimmingly. The facts haven't changed. 
Something changed. Yeah? Something changed that is the most powerful event here. You and me. How can... How, don't you see the, the, the clues when something was the worst thing that ever happened to you for like 12 years, you built temples to it and everything, and then you, something changes in your life and you see it as the best thing that ever happened to you. I mean, you've got to get a little clue of your role that you can override the worst thing that ever happened to you, yeah, that you've ta- you know, just swear it was so, and you can override that and seemingly see it as the best thing that ever happened to you. Doesn't that cause you to entertain something? I don't know. How can we just put periods on this shit? This stuff should trigger an avalanche. What? You know what I mean? You know, like the suspicion of you're feeling great and five minutes later you're in an earth-shattering event. Something suspicious of that. Nothing's changed. You're still in your room. You haven't even went outside yet. But you've gone through an earth-shattering event and a fucking nirvanic event. Who was, what was the constant in both of them? Us. Yeah. If you're not the thinker, then you won't, you'll see yourself as not the thought about. And if you're not that which is being thought about, you'll lose interest in the thoughts. And all the working to try to have totally positive thoughts, all the affirmations, you'll produce a bigger effect by seeing you're not the thinker than trying to cultivate, maintain, groom, direct the thought system. You will. You'll just lose interest in it. Simple as that. And that interest will go somewhere else, and you'll see that you'll know the tree by its fruits. Now maybe your day will be enriched, you'll be awake, Da, 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 da. Now the interest and attention is, is, is working towards that cause instead of being wedded to the dead preoccupation of going over ad infinitum all the minutiae about you. It's all interest and attention. And I'm telling you, if you think something's about you, you're usually interested in it. When you find out it's not about you, you lose interest in it. You don't have to say, send Navy SEAL 16 to get your interest. It just, just, it's almost like a thing, you know, that bounces back and you throw it. It just bounces right back into where? Right now. Where it's always there, and it's still right now. The interest of tension never leaves what's right now. It's what it's in right now. If it's in yesterday and tomorrow, because of the power you and I are, we can override today and, and be reacting to yesterday and tomorrow instead of responding to now. How could that possibly be unless we were reality? How could we make something up that would override this event unless we were real enough to believe it? So we have that acronym in AA, false evidence appears real. False evidence, once appears real. To who? Who does it appear real to? How could false evidence ever appear real? It would have to appear real to what's real. What's, rea- what's reality would have to give it the meaning of being real. Where is it going to get it? It's false. It's not a store I can pick a little bit of reality up. We, we're it. Yeah. If you're in a certain condition, you're going to take false evidence to be true. 
If the condition changes, you'll see false evidence as false evidence. The fact of it was, it's been false evidence the whole time. But it can seem to be true to you. Just like we had a wonderful experience this week with my friend in the back row. We did a nice talk on a great statement by Ramana Maharshi about the old necklace thing. Where the lady has a necklace, she thinks she's lost it. And so now she's bummed out, she lost her necklace. Then she asks a lot of friends, hey, can you help me find my necklace? And these people are just as insane as she is. They start looking for the necklace. And then somebody with some wisdom comes in and says, and she she asks that person, can you help me with find my necklace? He says, yeah, it's on your neck. So suddenly she touches it and she has this great joy that she's found the necklace. And while she thought she lost the necklace, she was super bummed out. But did she ever lose the necklace? So who was making the being bummed out? She says the cause of being bummed out was the loss of the necklace, but there was no necklace lost. And she also says the cause of the joy was the finding of the necklace, yet there was no finding of the necklace. That's plain God. She assumed she had lost something that she not had, did not lose, and she believed the losing of it produced the sorrow, but she never lost it. And then she also believed the finding of it produced the joy, but she never found it. You don't see that as dreaming? It never changed. It was always on her neck at every second. Yet, when she believed she lost it, she was bummed out. You see the power involved? And when she believed she found it, she had joy. But the joy was unfounded. It wasn't based on anything other than her. Which is always the case. Where the dreaming? So my friend came to the talk. He leaves. And this I just heard this as a byproduct. And then he assumed that he... He asked some friends at the, at the place we go to have coffee to drive him back to his truck. And then when he drove back there, the truck wasn't there. So he assumed he lost the truck or someone stole the truck. Now everyone else would say, who would want to fucking steal that truck? But that was beside the point. He started, he went off. I've lost the truck. So suddenly, so we get a call where we're, we're eating and they're saying, hey man, he's flipping out, he lost his truck. So can we talk to this guy? So I give it to the guy and then the guy explains, no, Craig. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, Jim. You, I saw you walk from your truck in Sausalito and I gave you a ride to the coffee shop. So suddenly, now, he has this incredible breakthrough, but the breakthrough wasn't because the car, the truck was found, because it was never lost. <laughs> Nor was the flip-out based on the car being lost, truck being lost, because it wasn't lost. It was all based on wah. That was it. It's all based on us. You think that's a random event? That's just a, that's like a high note in like a fucking constant drum beat. <laughs> really. This is what's happening all day. 
This is what's happening all day. The human condition. Well, to me, it's inhuman, to tell you the truth. <laughs> because it's a mental condition. Your condition is different than that. <laughs> That's what happens. You see what you're not. And in seeing what you're not, you find out what you are. And you're not a human. And you're not a thinker. And you're not the feeler. And you're not the doer. You are the doing, the feeling, the thinking, the seeing, the tasting, the touching, everything. Yeah. You are the dreaming. The dreaming forgets its dreaming, takes itself to be a body, and in that position, it gives everything it's dreaming the power to affect it as a body. So, that's what happens. Yes, so, false evidence appears real to someone, it produces the effects as if it really happened. But it didn't happen. That's incredible, really, if you see it. It's incredible. We are miracle workers right now. We're, doing, we're performing miracles all day. Not us, personally. What's this activity? You know, that story about Lazarus with Jesus. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he at least had been alive, yeah? Every one of us here, not us, but this event, is making shit out of nothing all day. You're thinking about something in the future, and it's producing an effect now. And the future is an is a uncaused cause. It's, there isn't a future. Yet, if you entertain it to be so, that can produce an effect now. That's a fucking miracle. That's a miracle that a thought about next week can cause you to lose the sense of being here and be constantly reacting to there and then. That's a miracle. The only thing, no, the only thing could, that could ever pull it off is reality. The only thing that could make this place seem real is reality. Yeah. It can take nothing and make it into a giant earth-shattering event, just like the car or the truck. Yeah. If you had about 20 of them in a row, you'd fucking be institutionalized. Or kill someone or shoot yourself and stuff like that. And if you followed it back to each one, each one was false evidence, and, the, and its effect, which a causeless, a something that's causeless has no juice, its effect has to be given to it, by which, to, from what has juice, which is us, yeah? So you can take something that's not so, and you can make it seem to be so, and you can re destroy a 20-year relationship, you know? There's power. Could you imagine recognizing that power, the insanity to allow it to be directed by the mental state? If you can't see through it, surrender, basically. Like we have in recovery, you turn your will, light, and life over to care of a power greater than self. Exactly. And now you get directed, not by the thought system, you get directed by another system and you'll know the tree by its fruits, yeah? And you'll start having immunity to the thoughts, and false evidence will be seen, seen as false evidence. It needs, for it to gain traction, you have to believe it. If you don't invest your belief in it, it can't go a mile, it can't go a foot.
There's no juice. It has none whatsoever of its own. You bring it to life, you pump life into it, and then you die by its sword sometimes. Spirit is not a passive event. It's super active. You're a verb completely all the time. You've never been a noun. All the nouning of everything, all the naming of things and giving it form is fucking dreaming. So when you see what you're not, you'll have a sense of what you are. Just like that. And it'll be like, I don't know how it will be like with you. I don't know how it's going to play through that instrument. But in this instrument, when I heard it, it was like an unspoken yes. And it's reverberated. It's always been reverberating. But it became uh, acknowledged at that point, and it's never not reverberated. And then it's mind, bigger mind, entertaining bigger mind. Bigger mind in rest, entertaining bigger mind in action. There's, there's only the whole production company, all the actors, all the directors are same, same mind. Yeah. So, the Urban Renewal Project stops because you're not seen as the center of the universe anymore. Yes? The body is the greatest day for the body when, is when your little mental hen gets off of it. <laughs> it's fucking getting suffocated being all that is, you know, it's not much, but it's all that you think about. <laughs> That's a way too much magnification. You know how powerful we are? When this power, it's... See, sunlight is great and very healthy when it's dispersed. But if it got focused, it would, it would incinerate you in a second. That's what mind is like. Mind is very good dispersed, open, just... When it gets focused, when you get an obsession about something, that power behind that's going to go through that magnet... I've had it with drugs and alcohol... I know what it can compel. Yeah. It's a fucking radioisotope, radioactive isotope. It's pulsating with energy, and it's focused, and you want to get out. You want to escape, and you'll do almost fucking anything to you or to anyone else. Yeah. That's dangerous. This is not a focused, concentrated, working hard Invitation. It's about dispersed, relaxed awareness. As it is right now. The interest and attention is in constantly being directed to go forward, go backward. Now it rests here. And it's sort of like a, like a big weather front. A nice weather front that lets all the light in. Yeah? Just hovering, hovering, hovering. To me, it's what you would call the presence. Yeah? You sense this. Sense something. You sense largeness, you know? I don't know how else to say it. There's a sense, like a sense of uh, space.
And the byproduct here is you travel lighter to whatever life has in store for the action figure. And after a period of traveling lighter here in time, you realize what more would you want than that, basically. It's the greatest lifesaver of all. It just keeps you above the fray. Yeah? It just keeps you buoyant somewhat. You don't get taken, sucked in. Yeah? You're buoyant. You go through rough seas and da 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 da. Huh? Yeah? Living the life of having it by giving it away and all that, all that stuff. So, beautiful invitation. You've already received it. It just seems like you have it in time. Time's made up. You are already what you're looking for. What happens with an awake seeming, an awakening event, is just you realize it's always been that way. The mental state's playing with time. You are already, you've never not been so. It's just, it's just through thinking it can seem to be different, that's all. Once you get weaned off the thinking, it becomes more and more obvious. Nothing ever happened here, literally. So, yeah. That's it, really. Simple invitation. It can be repeated quite a lot. But it's there. Any questions today? No? No, it's over. You missed the opportunity. <laughs>